Well, Happy New Year. Good morning. It's good to see you. Um, how many of you still have your Christmas decorations up? Let me just see who you are in this uh, room. Uh, you can be like one of our neighbors down the street that just decided all year long to leave them up. And uh, I'm surprised HOA didn't get on to him about that, but uh, that happens. Uh, so you're the people we talk about, though, right now that uh, haven't haven't gotten it down. Uh, but uh, all of you made it into 2019. You know, starting a new year is like a little bit like a blank page that uh, you step into it. And uh, but time, time and years. I, mean, I know God set up the rotation of the, the Earth and and uh, around the Sun and the orbit and all that kind of stuff. And that's kind of how we measure things. But I know that just because January 1st hit doesn't mean that 2018, all of a sudden it's forgotten. Some of that stuff obviously goes over. But for us, uh, it's a time when we try to look at the blank pages as we go into the new year. We want to start well, and uh, we want to prayerfully end well as we go into it. We want to be beyond where we are uh, today as we go into this year. Um, We're going to be jumping into a series here called Hearing the Voice of God. And this is how I'd like to, this first service of the year, I want everybody to stand with me if you would and take your uh, your device or your Bible and turn with me to John chapter 10. And I want to read God's Word beginning in, in verse 1 of John chapter 10. And uh, you can follow along there. I'm going to be reading beginning with verse 1. John chapter 10, verse 1, this is what it says. It starts out saying very truly in the NIV, but you may have a a version, King James or something, that says verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say to you. When when it starts out, when there's ever two words together, truly, truly, or verily, verily, whatever, it means take notice. This is emphasis. So what Jesus is getting across here, this is very important, life and death, what I'm about to share with you. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to just circle up groups of uh, two or three there. And I want you just to pray. And this is what we're praying. God, we want to hear your voice in 2019. Speak to us today. Just speak to us, Lord. We we want to hear from you. So circle up groups of two or three there and just uh, just pray. And then I'll lead us in a corporate prayer. Ask the Lord to speak. Ask that you may have ears to hear and uh, a will to obey. Speak to us individually. Speak to us as a congregation. Speak to us as a community. Lord, thank you for being so big that you can hear all these prayers being lifted up to you. 
Lord, you know our hearts, you know our motives, you know our intent before anything comes to be. And Lord, you love us anyway. And Lord, our prayer today truly is that we would have ears to hear your voice clearly. And then, Lord, the will to obey and to walk that out. Lord, um, we don't want to be strangers to your voice. We want to be the sheep who know the voice of the shepherd. So, Lord, teach us now. Lord, not, not just fill our heads, but transform our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, when you talk about something like hearing the voice of God, it can get really mystical and odd on you. I'm not saying that I've had it all figured out, uh, but I, 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 I've talked to people, and you've probably talked to these people too. The God told me this. Now, I, I understand Yes, I believe God speaks, and uh, I think when I was, I was probably younger in my faith, I may have used that terminology a little bit more, but I've been in the ministry so long that I've had people walk up to me and say things like this, God told me to tell you, or God told me that you're supposed to do this, or God told me that, and I'm thinking, whoa, time out. Uh, it's, it reminds me of the lady that went up to her pastor, and she said, so-and-so said that God told them to tell me that I'm supposed to go to Africa. And the pastor responded back by saying, well, I hope they go to Africa with you so you wouldn't know when to return. And uh, sometimes we can be, uh, be so mystical and so spiritual sounding on God spoke to me that we don't, we don't even know when he is speaking to us. We don't even hear him. And, uh, and, and so it becomes a little... Uh, a little weird sometimes, and, and you've seen that a little bit. But but I want you to know a couple of things up front. It's a fact. God desires to speak to you. He desires for you to know His voice. He doesn't desire for it to be a strange phenomenon when He does speak to you. He desires to commune with you in an intimate way. And uh, the problem is, so often, is we are not attuned to listening. It's like the father that took his young daughter who was learning how to play the flute in her band at school. And they went to a symphony orchestra, and he wanted her to kind of get the feel of everything. And uh, so what he did, he told her, he said, what I want you to do is all the symphony is playing, all the instruments are playing, you know, just the... Everything working together, he said, I want you to listen specifically for the flutes. So what she did was she took her whole focus and focused on the flutes so she could hear them in the midst of all the other instruments playing. And, and the reason I share that with you is, is that usually the struggle is not God speaking. The struggle for us is the distractive voices that we are listening to, the sounds that we are listening to that, we, that seem to be drowning his voice out or we don't seem to be able to hear that. And so I want to uh, challenge us to God to know that God does want to speak, that God does speak. And I, I know some of you are saying, yes, this is how more, uh, the, the Lord seems to speak to me. This is what I seem to receive. That's good. But we're going to look at this uh, over this month, and uh, we're going to be looking at it from different angles. Uh, but let me, let me share some challenges that I want to put before you right up front here the first Sunday of 2019, Okay. Number one is this. Now, I'm not going to be talking to you about weight loss. I'm not going to talk to you about how to get a raise. That's, that's uh, neither here nor there for me. I'm going to talk to you about something that's more important, which is your soul, your spiritual growth. 
First challenge is this. I want you to get a Bible reading plan for 2019. Now, we try to do everything for you to take the difficulty out of things for you. And uh, that seems, seems to be the way our culture is. So what we've done is uh, one of the things that I, I do, I've done for about 30 years, is I, I, I like to read the Bible all the way through every year because it gives me the full counsel of God. Because sometimes there's a tendency to camp out in the Psalms or camp out in the Gospels or camp out in certain places. But I believe it, it's good to get a whole picture of the Bible. But what, if you go to our webpage, go to the next steps, and then it has Bible reading on there. And uh, what we're going to do is, is we're going to give you some helps there. But what it's going to do is it's going to link you to the version. Most of you have version on your phones or your tablets. And you can go there and find you a good plan. Now, uh, don't short yourself. If you uh, are used to a certain thing that you do, stretch yourself. Try to stretch yourself every year. But if some of you have not been into reading the Bible at all on any kind of daily or regular basis, you may, may not be able to bite off by reading the whole Bible through in a year. Uh, the plan that I use gives me some Old Testament, some New Testament, so that I can, I can work through it that way. But uh, maybe you're not used to that. Find a, a plan that just takes you through the New Testament. or find I, I don't want to dummy it down for you, but if some of you aren't doing anything, you need to do that. So number one is get you a Bible reading plan and stick to it daily. If you miss a day... Don't try to play makeup on everything. Just go to the next day. And then maybe this time when you do it next year, you have fewer blanks in the year and this kind of stuff. So, number one, get you a Bible reading uh, uh, plan. Number two, get you a pen and a journal. Uh, now, the journal, don't spend much money on it. Just get you a spiral of some sort. In fact, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be giving you a small journal. It's going to have the church's logo on it, so you won't want to throw it away quite so quick. And you keep it in your Bible, and uh, it's just going to have some uh, lined uh, sheets in there. And we're going to talk more about how do I uh, go about journaling a little bit. And so get you a pen and a journal. Bible reading plan, get you a journal and a pen. And then thirdly, I'm going to challenge you in this area. I'm going to challenge you, um, many of you are in Bible fellowships or some kind of small group. I'm going to challenge you right today to get with either in your Bible fellowship or in a small group somewhere, connecting with other people so that you can begin to talk about some of the things that you wrote in your journal, okay? And I'll, I'll, I'll help you through this month with what that looks like a little bit more. But don't isolate. Find other people that you can connect with. If you're in a Bible fellowship, super. If not, check one out. Find a small group, men's group, something that you can connect with other guys or, or people to, uh, to talk about what the Lord is showing you. That's, that's my challenge right up front. You're thinking, well, Mark, don't you want us at church? Well, yeah, that uh, should be a given. But uh, these are the challenges that I want, to, want you to hang on to going into 2019, if we can. Now, what I think is going to happen, though, as we talk through this, two things uh, for some of you. One thing is this. Some of you are going to start actually sensing the Spirit of God speaking you to you for the first time. He's been speaking, but you just hadn't been listening. And you're going to start, you're going to start experiencing this, and it's awesome, because the one who spoke eternity into place, all of creation into place, desires to commune and speak with you. Um, I found this video, and some of you have seen this video, uh, and it's somebody hearing audibly for the first time. 
And I wanted you to see this because I'm praying that what this young lady experiences in an audible way, you sense in your spirit. Watch this. That's good. Doesn't that just grab your heart? I mean, there's something about that just just grabs your heart. And, and my prayer is, is that in your spirit, you will have the lover of your soul, the one who loves you the most. You'll understand that he wants to commune to you. And I, th- I pray it's so overwhelming uh, as that young lady hearing audibly the first time. Uh, but number one, some of you are going to start sensing God speaking and you'll start discerning. Number two is that some of you have, uh, there was a time you were walking close with the Lord. There was a time you seemed to be communing with the Lord. There's time his word was real to you. There was a time, but it's grown a little stagnant or stale. Um, I found another video. I'm not going to show this one, but. It was a, a, a young lady. She's probably about 25, and uh, she, her mother had died 10 years previously, and her sister had sent her a CD of her mom singing, and uh, she was sitting in her car, and she's kind of doing the documentary on what she's about to do, and she was talking about how scared she was. She said she's not, commun- she's not heard her mom's voice in 10 years, and she's about to hear it uh, for the first time in 10 years. And she puts that CD in there, and it's her mom singing, and just the emotion all of a sudden that she's going through of hearing her mom that she's not heard in 10 years. I'm praying for all of us that we will become so reacquainted with the voice of God that it will just overwhelm us. And, and, and it's not, I'm not looking for an emotional experience here for any of us. What I'm looking for is communing with the one that loves you more than anyone else can ever love you, and that's God. But I'm afraid we live in a day that uh, scares me a little bit when it comes to the voice of God. And this is what is so important for this series for me. I think we're looking at a um, uh, look at our country. Obviously, the things that are going on so much in our country, we are waiting in a post-Christian. And what happens is there's many even Christians that um, are just not walking out what we believe, we say we believe. I was thinking about the Lord took me to a, a couple of passages that I want to uh, read to you, and then I want to break apart John 10 there a little bit. In in First Samuel, you don't have to look it up, but in First Samuel chapter three, um, what happens is is if you're familiar with the Old Testament, there was a, a prophet by the name of Samuel. But Samuel came into the world this way: his mom Hannah could have not she could not conceive, 
And she prayed to God. She would go to the tabernacle, cry out to God. And uh, she'd cry out to God. And sure enough, she, um, God allowed her to, to conceive. And when Samuel was born, she took Samuel, this son, to Eli, the high priest, and allowed him to be raised in that environment of the tabernacle in the presence of God and this kind of thing. But in 1 Samuel chapter 3, so that some of you may know the story, this is when the Lord starts speaking to Samuel and he doesn't know what it is and he goes to Eli and this kind of stuff. Well, there's one verse in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. This is what it says. It says, Now the young man Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. And this is what it says. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. I think we got a lot of people going through the motions as Christ followers and we're getting the best that man can do. But I'm wondering how much of it is truly God dictating what he desires. The other the other thing the Lord took me to was the Old Testament prophet of Amos and uh, Amos chapter eight. Amos was a prophet and he was prophesying about some of the things that uh, were happening But it says in uh, Amos chapter 8, verse 11 and 12, it says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor of thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro and seek the word of the Lord, but they shall not find it. And what, what Amos is saying is, listen, There's a time coming when there's going to be a famine, not of food, not of water, but a famine from truly hearing the voice of God. And I'm afraid we live in that somewhat, and and thus our lives dictate it. They're out of balance. We just don't know what to do. We need a fresh visit from God. And I'm really praying that during the course of this month and taking us into 2019. But in John chapter 10, which we uh, looked at, looking at this morning, that uh, that Jesus begins to confront the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees, we, we were really hard on the Pharisees. They were the religious leaders. They knew the law. What, it, what they had a tendency to do, though, was to make the law God and not God God. I know some people that try to worship the Scriptures instead of worshiping the God of the Scriptures. The way I look at it is, is when you... I have never seen, I have seen people read the scriptures and not grow spiritually, but I've never seen anybody grow spiritually and not be in the scriptures. But the Pharisees had a tendency to make the law the, uh, the God itself. And so what they did is they would puff themselves up and put the people down. They would oppress the people. And this is who uh, Jesus is addressing. In other words, they were false teachers at this time. And there were false teachers sneaking in and they were they were talking to the sheep and leading the sheep astray because he talks about anyone that enters the sheep pen in any way other than the gate is either a thief or a robber. Now, the, re, the way that sheep would be taken care of is is that everybody would have their sheep together. They would bring them into the folds, into, a, into an area that would be a pen-type area, and usually the gate would actually be a porter that would watch them through the night. And it even says that the gatekeeper will let in the true shepherd. So that you've got the gatekeeper who would keep 
the uh, sheep all together. Now, all these sheep were mixed together. But when the true shepherd would come, he would begin to call his sheep. Then those sheep would follow that shepherd. But if anyone had came in any other way, try to sneak into the pen from another way, it would be obvious that they're not the true shepherd. And so Jesus is saying that there are two false shepherds, those that come in as thieves and those that come in as robbers. Now, they, in our vocabulary, thief and a robber sounds the same. But it, it, when you look at the language and what Jesus is getting across, it's different. A thief is somebody who uses his craftiness to lead somebody astray or to take from someone. That's a thief, their craftiness. In other words, the false teachers. The religious leaders who were leading the people falsely were using their craftiness to oppress people. And we see false teachers all the time today, and I'll talk about that in just a second. But the second one, he said, are robbers. Robbers are people that take things by force. They're breaking and entering. They're just using their force to take something from somebody. One is craftiness. We see this. People that go on the Internet and and, uh, take from people, right? These kind of things. And then you have your breaking and entering robbers. Those robbers that Jesus is referring to were the Romans who would come in and just oppress the people greatly. He says, so you've got false teachers and then you've got the oppressors, the bullies that come in. And what's happening is the sheep are being led astray and oppressed because of this. If you're taking notes, you might just want to put this down, that we live in a day where there are false voices abounding. There are false voices abounding in our day. And uh, these false voices are, are seen in two different ways. You ready? Number one is distraction, and number two is deception. And these are false voices that we're hearing all the time. Distraction is most of us. We are not led from, the, from worshiping God. We're not led from a spiritual walk. Because we chose so much, it's the other things of this world that distract us. The opportunity to go unplugged would drive most of us nuts. If you were to go one day, one hour without your phone, going completely unplugged, many would pull their hair out. We can't even walk across the room and that ding hits. we got to look at it because we're addicted to the distractions. And these distractions are taking us away from truly seeing the Lord the way we need to. And it's not just the media, but media plays a big part of it. It's the other voices, so many voices. Is this right? Is this right? And they distract us. And the distractions of these voices come and they take us away. You know I'm true. You know I'm right on. Number two is deception. These are the false teachers that say things. The counsel that comes that may have a little bit of truth in it, you know, uh, may have a little bit of that in there, or it, it comes from very sincere. They're very sincere. They must be right because they're sincere. But they're, they're a deceptive spirit in what they're getting across. And sometimes these people mean well. I, I, I want you to hear this. You can hear what you want to hear. If you need counsel in any area, your marriage, your finances, education, you can get somebody to agree with what you want to hear. And so often this is deception. This is people that mean well, but their counsel is off base. I I was just thinking of a few of these things. 
they re- sound really sincere with a little bit of truth, but they can be so deadly. Kids are resilient. They'll be okay. If you really love someone, it's okay to go, go that far. Everyone is doing it, so it, it, it's got to be okay if most of our country is doing it. God would really not want you to be unhappy, would he? You see how these are sincere, but how they can be so deadly and take you away from the truth? False voices abound. Let me give you a thought on this, though. We've got to be careful about studying false teachers or false voices. You know, we think, okay, if I can just learn all the false teachings out there and the false voices, let me tell you, don't get into that. Don't take that trap. I'm not saying not, to, not be una, to not be aware. You need to be aware. But you've got to be careful about letting these false teachers just study them. Let me tell you, you know the true voice, then you're going to know what the false one is. You hear that? When you know the truth of the real voice of the shepherd, you will know what false is. I tell you what, if we were to go over here to Play for All Park yesterday, probably, it was gorgeous. I don't know if any of you were there with their kids. We weren't there, but I can imagine what was going on. Thousand, million, jillion people. Moms with their kids all out there. And those kids are all scrambling all over the place. And, and they could all yell the same word. And that word is, Mom! And I tell you what, that mom will know her kid. You can have a, a thousand kids yelling, Mom, and that mom just keep doing, looking at her phone, whatever she's doing. But when her kid yells, Mom, she knows it. Why? Because she has a relationship and knows that child. And see, that's the deal about the false voices. They can lead us, distract us, and deceive us. But I'm telling you, if we learn to hear the shepherd's voice, we will know what is false. So thought number one was many false voices abound in our day. But number two is this. We must learn the voice of the shepherd. Because the scriptures are very clear here. Jesus says he he calls his own by name and he leads them out. He is the good shepherd. And he says that his sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. They know his voice. The more time you spend with him, the more you know his voice. But we must learn his voice. But this is where I want to go for a couple of minutes today, but just to start off this thing. Why would the creator of the universe who spoke everything into existence, why in the world would he ever want to communicate with you and me? I mean, that's reality. Why would he ever want to speak to me? But it says we can know his voice, but why? And so I thought about that a little bit, and I thought, why would a shepherd want his sheep to hear his voice? And so I'm going to give you three quick ones. Number one was this, that he, the shepherd, speaks to his sheep because he wants them to lead to safety. It's the same way with the Father speaking to us. When He speaks to us, He's not speaking to you to to put His thumb on you and grind you down. He's not there to say, oh, you're so bad. You're just terrible. 
guilt and condemnation. We think that that's all God. He, he just wants to find us doing wrong and he wants to speak to us and get on to us all the time. Wouldn't you love a father like that? No. He wants to protect you. He wants to guard you. And that's what, that's what the, the shepherd wants. And that's what the father wants for us. He, he wants to guard us and he wants to lead us and he wants to be in a safe place. He wants to warn us. Sometimes his, spoke, his spoken word is just one of warning and caution. Sometimes it's, we need to come this way because that way is going to lead you astray. You know, you even look at the Ten Commandments. And I realize that the Ten Commandments, we've broken them all. We've broken them all. You've broken one, you've broken them all. And we think, oh man, I'm condemned, I'm condemned. But yet we go over and we see what Christ did for us. And it's the law that leads us to grace, okay? But you look at those Ten Commandments, you look at those laws, and literally they are there to protect you. They are there, we, we see these, and if you, if you were to live by these, they're a protective device. Even God, the Heavenly Father, in giving us the law, it was to protect us. Now that's how loving He is. And so, number one, the shepherd is going to speak to us. God is going to speak to us to protect us. But second of all is this. He is going to speak to us to guide us to good pastures. That is what a shepherd is going to do. He's going to, you can't stay in the pen. Sheep, you got to go. Come on. He gives his whistle. He gives his call. His sheep line up behind him. And they start following him. They follow him because they know his voice. And he's leading them. And they know he's going to lead them to good pastures. That's what he's going to do. He's going to lead them to a full life. John 10.10, if you were to go down in the chapter a little bit more, it's probably one you've memorized or heard many times. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. I'm not here to be an ogre to squash you. I'm here so that you may have life and have it abundantly or full. And so he is leading you into that fullness of life. And he has to speak to you to guide you into that fullness of life. I've heard it said before that a sheep will, will eat himself into lostness. In other words, his head is down. He's nibbling on a tuft of grass. He will go to the next one and to the next one and to the next one until he has eat himself into lostness. But we have a good shepherd who is leading us. He's guiding us to the good pastures. He's guiding us to nourishment. He's guiding us to strength. He's guiding us to maturity. And that's what he wants to do as he speaks to you. So he speaks to you to guide you to safety. He speaks to you to guide you to good pastures. And then thirdly is this. The shepherd calls his sheep and speaks to them. They know his voice because he wants his sheep with him. See, this is what I love about our Lord. He didn't set things in motion up in heaven and say, okay, y'all live it out. Y'all fight it out on your own. I'll be here in heaven when you're done. No, that's not what he did. He gave us his very Holy Spirit and his desire is for us to be close to him. That's what he wants. He wants us to be right there where he is. And he, he, he wants us to have that abundant life that he speaks of. He is ultimate truth. He, he doesn't want us to walk in falsehood. He wants us to come to Him. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. His desire is to beckon you to Him. And He will speak that to you. Sometimes it will be a soft word for you to come. Sometimes it will be a little nudge to come. 
But he will speak to guide you into all truth. That's what he wants to do. In, in the book of John, in chapter 1, let me just tell you this right quick. There were two disciples of John, the Baptist, and uh, he had told them, he said, one is coming that you need to follow. You quit following me, go follow him. And so Jesus shows up. You may remember he's baptized. And, and as he's walking along, these two disciples are walking behind him. I, I don't know how close, within speaking distance. I can just imagine the picture. Jesus is out there, and all of a sudden he knows these two guys are behind there. And he turns and he, he turns to them and he says, uh, basically is this, what do you guys want? What do you seek, basically? Now, if the king of the universe asked me what I seek and I could speak anything, man, I don't know what I would come up with. But these guys, this is where they reply. We want to know where you're staying at. In other words, we want to be where you are. And that's what, that's what Jesus' voice is calling us to. He knows that he's the place of safety. He's the place of encouragement. He's the place of the full life. He is the place of direction and guidance for your life. Many people want to know the voice of God because they want to know who they're supposed to marry, what school they're supposed to go to, what job they're supposed to be, what house they're supposed to get, what car they're supposed to have. They want God to speak in those areas, but yet they're not willing to listen to him on a day-by-day basis to let him guide their steps. And that's what the Lord says, come to me, come to me. We're going to talk more about just what the Scriptures talk about. I don't want this to become so mystical, hocus-pocus, that you miss it. Because that's another deceptive teaching, I think, that comes. The Lord wants to speak. He wants you to hear. But so often what happens, let's be honest, we're hearing so many other voices. Our busy distractions are keeping us from Him. I want to wrap up with this word picture. I... I read a lot, and I read some strange things. And uh, uh, I read about something called a mosquito tone. Do you know what a mosquito tone is? Some of you may know what mosquito tone is. I did not know, to be honest with you, what mosquito tone was. I, I, I thought, I've heard mosquitoes. Uh, doesn't that, have you ever been camping and you get a mosquito close to your face? Oh, my gosh. Isn't that unbearable? You think you're going to die. I mean, he's going to suck all the blood out of me and he's still there. I mean, it's terrible. And that's part of the, the mosquito tone. But what it is, is this. And, I, and, I, and I, so I, I thought, if this is true, I don't want this to be a preacher story. I want to know the truth behind this thing. So I started investigating. Mosquito tone. You see, the older we get, you young people are, are great and our kids are great uh, because they hear everything. The older you get, there are certain levels of your hearing, certain levels you no longer hear. I mean, it just phases out. Like around 25, you start losing certain uh, frequency levels that, that you cannot get anymore. This is true. That's why when, when uh, you play loud music for the kids, and they're hearing every instrument, they're hearing the vocals, and we're thinking, what are they saying? Good night, I can't figure that out but they're hearing everything they're hearing it all because they have all of it there so what they discovered is there are certain tones that teenagers and children can hear that adults cannot hear so what they decided to do is in england there were certain places where teens would congregate you know and kind of intimidate because of 
the way they were, and they would congregate there, and they wanted to disperse the teenagers so they would find that mosquito cone that they could hear that the adults could not hear, and it would cause distortion and that, you know, for the kids, and they would disperse. I thought, man, that is pretty ingenious. But then I saw a spiritual thought there. Could it be that we have become old in our faith and are no longer hearing clearly the voice of God? Maybe. I'm going to challenge that on us. I think there's a, maybe it's one of the reasons Jesus said you must become as little children. Because the older we get, don't we, don't we rationalize and, oh, this is what God would say, blah, 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 blah. And we haven't heard a fresh word from him in a while, but yet we can talk about it. I'll end with this, though. I said that about that story. Uh, this is my second ending. I know God is speaking this today, okay? And you're saying, Mark, come on, how can you be so sure? I know this. If you're here and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that His Spirit is doing everything He can to get your attention because life is in Christ alone. And I'm telling you today, He is calling you to Him. Secondly, I know this 100% sure, that if you've walked and you've grown cold in your faith, I can tell you this, that the God of the universe is calling you to come close to Him. I know that. And you're saying, well, Mark, I don't hear. I don't feel it in my heart. I, I know. Isn't that the way it is sometimes? We've just become spiritually deaf. And he needs to pull us to get our attention. I want you to bow your heads with me just a moment, if you don't mind.